Hi there, my name's Will Truby, and welcome to Pick and Mixtape, the podcast where we curate a playlist for a very specific mood. Each episode, I gather a bunch of friends together, we each pick a song for the playlist, and then we discuss them. After we're done, we try and make them into a tracklist that would make some sort of sense to listen to all in one go. On this first episode, we're picking songs that you'd listen to while eating cheese on toast at 3am. The mixtape is honestly more eclectic than I could have hoped for, from folk punk, Cornish psych rock, and Brazilian fado. My guests are Beth Booth, Dan Empsel, Georgia Harris, Matt Wilby, Lizzie Pays, Luke, and Rich Bond. If you want to listen along, the playlist is on our YouTube channel, which is Pick and Mixtape Podcast. That's the letter N as in fish and chips or holonites. Thanks for listening. So the first song on the playlist is Deeper by a band called Wild Beasts. just a i'm a huge fan of wild beasts so it's pretty typical of me to immediately pick a song by them i think for me though this this song in particular is is good for the for the concept of eating cheese on toast but mainly the sort of like 3am vibes because i just i just find his northern accent really calming it's the sort of gentle baritone croon with a kind of north you know like a, a a really cozy northern accent that just makes me feel like I think right at home in the sort of way that only a slice of cheese on toast can. <laughs> um, I think also it sounds really spooky, like because there's loads of space in between like the guitars and the drums. It just sounds quite fragile and gentle and like the kind of thing that would only be heard at like 3am. I don't know, like it sounds so sparse in some places and there's like delightful little textures that kind of pop in and out of your of your ears it sounds like spooky and ethereal but never really like dark it just sounds it just sounds really comforting to me i think it's a it's a good speed for like proper like twilight hours as well like it's a really sort of like gentle medium kind of pace and it doesn't really get super loud or super quiet it just feels it feels soft in a nice sort of reassuring consistent way all the way through the guy's voice really reminded me of um the song which is later on the list is the uh, elbow yeah i for i for a minute thought it was the same singer as a side project of his it's got that same kind of like say northern voice it's the really sort of lush 
low range. It's the kind of baritone range yeah. of Northern accent that just sounds, mm. yeah, it sounds dead cosy. There, yeah, there's something about it, and it's like the way he holds notes sometimes is it reminded me of Elbow. And I thought for a while that it was the same guy, but then I came to it, <laughs> it was obviously not. I think what you said about the um, the kind of textures and the slightly spooky soundingness of it, it was it's the really high, I think it's a synth or something that just kind of comes in with some delay on it. I think I assume it's in the chorus or whatever you'd call the chorus, but and I, I found that really affecting, that kind of, and very evocative, that sound, um, just kind of like sprinkling some spookiness on it or some weirdness. I think as well, like up until that point, it's just sort of like really dry, brittle guitar and like a really gentle drum line. And then, and, and obviously the voices and then the kind of spooky synths come in. And I feel like that's when the, the mood kind of all ties together at that point. I think it's, we went for a very similar vibe for our 3AM cheese on toast, which is kind of like melancholy and thoughtful, which I think is yeah. definitely how I would feel if I was eating cheese on toast at three in the morning. When I listened to your pick, I was like, oh yeah, we've gone for the same vibe here. This is the cheese on toast vibe. I think <laughs> for me, just being awake that early, and eating some cheese on toast kind of feels like prime time for some introspection and like proper soul searching. Uh, so I really wanted to, yeah, I wanted to pick a song that felt like it was going to do that. So I think this is a crucial question. Are we imagining this piece of cheese on toast as like an early morning piece of cheese on toast or a late night piece of cheese on toast? I, well, this was, I think this is why I picked this, um, this prompt for the first episode because... 3am to me feels very liminal it feels like depending on your lifestyle and kind of i don't know just yourself 3am is either really late like you've stayed up way too late um or it's like you're kind of sitting there waiting for the sun to rise or something so personally for me um i i've I've definitely had a number of times where i could not go to sleep and kind of at 3am was like I have to get out of bed and do something and I'm going to have some cheese on toast. Um, so it feels, it feels late to me, I think. And this song feels late. I definitely think, I mean, I can absolutely vouch for the Northern accent being comforting, but yeah, I think his voice is really lovely. It's got that deep sort of husky kind of sound to it. But then as uh, Rich mentioned with like the higher pitched elements, it gives it a bit of space. So it's got that dreamlike effect. When I was writing little notes for this, I um, I did say it felt a little bit like a slightly weird dream that you might have after eating your cheese on toast. You then go back to bed, have <laughs> a weird cheese dream. Yeah. I do fully agree with like the sparse element that you mentioned, though. Will I, I sort of picked up on that, and everything feels like it has it very much has its own space to operate in, and you're allowed to sort of just you're able to sort of flick between what you're concentrating on quite easily because that's the new thing for a second or two yeah i think the the space is really is really interesting to me because like like you say you can hear each of the guitars really clearly and you can hear like the drums and the voice but then there's also these background noises that kind of blur that and blur your sort of sense that this is being i don't know like played by a, a group of people in a room with instruments and i think as well like they they kind of sound like noises you would only be able to hear if you were listening really carefully and it was like silent in the dead of night like they're so brittle and kind of like no one's hitting their guitar you know no one's like playing anything with overdrive like it's so gentle and fragile that you kind of have to l- listen closely i don't know if anyone 
uh, paid much attention to the lyrics, but there is a certain kind of irony given that Will said that you were thinking of a late 3am because it literally opens with breakfast. <laughs> and it's it's a really weird like image for a, a song to open on. And it's also kind of a little bit fun while being like, because for me, this is a kind of, it feels like a sort of emotional melancholy song, but like it is, it opens with breakfast and I just think that that's fun. <laughs> Everyone loves cheese for breakfast. <laughs> Absolutely. Can't go wrong. I feel like that I feel like that would be a proper treat at the weekend breakfast. A continental spread. Yeah. <laughs> That's a going on holiday breakfast. Yeah. I, I like how simple the vocal melody is for most of it as well. It's it's nice and it's just nice to latch onto. It doesn't in an, in a three AM kind of way, it doesn't challenge you. It's just, you can go along with it. I don't want to be challenged at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought that particularly with, like, the melody, like, because it is quite similar, but because, again, coming back to the space, because there is, like, so much space in it, like, I could imagine myself just kind of drifting off and, like, just getting lost in it, because I felt like that with, like, a few of the songs, actually, like, had the same kind of structure and that they were kind of repetitive. There's not really melodically, like, much really going on too much, but then, like, you just kind of hear different things as you're listening to it that kind of you pick up on like oh yeah i'm glad you brought that up right at the beginning because i i'd not noticed that but now that i'm thinking about it you're right there's a lot of these songs that are quite the cyclical they repeat the same thing over and over again in a sort of like yeah in a kind of lullaby fashion you've blown this wide open right at the beginning (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good point i was gonna say that um like kind of that that spaciousness reminded me of nursery rhymes and and the melody as well mm. especially the the deeper section of, of the chorus um it's kind of like one of those melodies that could go on and on and on forever i always feel a bit like that with lana del rey's choruses as well like i think because the the harmonies is quite open and it's very cyclical and then that melody it it kind of mirrors itself and it has has this kind of falling nursery rhyme, like lullaby, like you were saying, Will, um, kind of inflections. I think that might be part of what makes it sound quite soothing. The voice is definitely, as well as the accent and the sort of range, I think the way that he is, is singing is quite soothing because the melody is really straightforward but i feel like you can hear there's a lot of like there's a lot of soul and kind of emotion going into the lyrics like he he has a lot of little inflections and like if you listen carefully there's there's more like specific kind of body noise that you hear i think i find that calming in a sort of asmr kind of way just uh yeah hearing like intimacy okay so the next song that we have is Revelatorized by Paper Kites. This is Beth's selection. So I, this is from an album called 12-4, which is 
I really like the whole album, but the reason it's called that is basically because the kind of concept behind it was that the whole album was written between 12 and 4 in the morning. And I think it sounds like that. Um, the guy who writes a lot of their songs, I think he's talked about um, wanting to get into that kind of like late night sound and headspace. And I couldn't tell you exactly what makes a song sound late night, but I do think that this does. Apparently late night is the same as just like gently 80s. <laughs> um, similarly to The Wild Beasts, it has that kind of like slightly melancholy, introspective kind of feeling to it, and which was very much what I knew that I was going to go for for the prompt, because I was, again, like, it's like, if I'm eating a slice of cheese on toast at 3am, I'm probably feeling weird and sad. Um, so this is a bit of a weird, sad song. Yeah, I just think it's, like, it's gentle, but also, like, emotional. And I feel like that, like Dan was saying, you don't want to be too challenged at 3am. Uh, but I feel like there's enough there to kind of, like, get your head around without sending you into an existential tailspin <laughs> this song was in a film i think it would be the bit where it's night time and uh, like you beth i don't know why it sounds like it's night time but it so does and it would be night time and then like, one of the characters would be like driving in their 80s it's car and, and like putting the tape in and then the rain would be on the windows and it'd be like a montage of the other characters like maybe one of them's coming out of the club and like standing against the wall and thinking about what's going to happen and it's just after something sad's really happened and everything's about something's going to kind of restore itself but you don't really know how you're so right it is a montage song like some songs just they deserve to have montages put to them there's a lord song called supercut which i think you can't listen to without imagining like a montage i listened to this playlist while i was driving and i did find this one really nice to drive to this one and the the one by gweno is that how you say the name those two were like really really nice to drive to and yeah, I think it's just, it's very easy to listen to. Like, I feel like you can't really go wrong with it. It's just, again, quite like cyclic, but it's just really nice. It's interesting that enough of us have picked up on the sort of driving theme, because I do yeah. feel like this song feels like you would, you'd, if you can't sleep, you'd go for a drive in the middle of the night just to kind of clear your head and listen to this. Like, it's another one of those ones where you'd listen to it and kind of, I don't know, do a lot of a lot of heavy thinking that you needed to get done. I got exactly the same imagery that uh, Georgia mentioned then, and it was funny watching everybody nod. Uh, like, they, they, we've all thought, they, that is a driving song and it's a montage song. It's driving in the rain at night specifically, though. Yeah. I, I can't see it in the day. <laughs> Another thing that really gives me, like, a sort of twilight feel is that it doesn't sound like either the sort of lead vocals or the backing vocals were delivered in really anything more than a whisper. Like, even in the choruses, like, the, the vocals, they don't really sing very loud. They just kind of go higher in the range. But all the way through, it's kind of... It's just, like, a little bit more than a whisper. It's delivered in, in really, like, gentle, warm, like, hushed tones. That cinematic vibe, I definitely felt like a New York romantic moment scene where like someone's like I'm gonna get the girl or whoever <laughs> and it's like that moment where they've almost missed it or some sort of it felt to me really romantic and late night and like a big city style when I kind of had an imagery for it so I definitely get that 80s romantic sort of vibe. <laughs> it's so interesting that like the the imagery in everyone's head is so similar because I do think that it like to me it very clearly does give across that vibe but it's really interesting that everyone was just like yeah rain night driving cities like <laughs> that's just what it sounds like 
I wonder if the bit of that is that because obviously, well, I don't think were any of us in the eighties. I don't think any of us were. Inherited nostalgia. Yeah, it's that inherited nostalgia (laughs) and that kind of, and actually that's something that we've learned through films. It's an interesting thing though how you can like those associations clearly aren't like inherent. It's not we're not born being like this sounds like driving music, but it is like media is such a powerful thing that we're all just like oh yeah we know where this would go in a film. I mean it's it is that classic thing of like being in a car in like the back seat with headphones on like looking out of the window just like essentially curating the soundtrack to your own life choruses on the guitars are nice that's i think that's an easy way to uh, that and that and reverb make it make a guitar feel cozy somehow mm. in that vibe that we're, mm. we're all sort of mentioning and i think um I, while we're like picking up on like specifically 80s vibes um i think like the drums being pretty much the same all the way throughout again is like another kind of classic 80s sort of thing like if you could program it it really does remind me of like synthetic drums on old 80s like pop tunes yeah that kind of like dun 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 like driving all the way through yeah but again there we're we're back to having repetitive kind of rhythms all the way through the song kind of familiar and cozy and feel like nighttimey kind of things like you don't want anything that sort of surprises you really but I do really like that pick, actually, Beth. Like, out of everything that's on the list, if I've gone back to anything lots of times, just for sort of like general listening, I think it's been that. You should listen to the album if you like that song, because it is quite representative. Like, that is very much the vibe of the whole album, and it is really good. So, yeah, the mm-hmm. next song is Fado Tropical by Joyce. That was Louise's pick. <laughs> No primeiro abril Mas não ser tão ingrata Não esquece quem te amou Em tua densa mata Se perdeu e se encontrou Aí essa terra ainda vai cumprir seu ideal When I picked it, I didn't like I really like Joyce um, I probably started listening to her maybe about a year ago um but I didn't know anything about the translation I just kind of it's something that I listen to late at night and it feels what everyone's been saying really melancholic somber but warm because her voice kind of feels really soothing it's got a beautiful tone to it so that's originally why I picked it and then to give you like a little like very short hopefully history lesson because I feel like I'd be doing a (laughs) disservice to the song if I didn't mention It was originally written by Chico Buarque, Um, he's a Brazilian composer, singer and musician, and um, he wrote it, I believe I'll release it around 1973, and at this time, 1964 to 85, uh, Brazil had a military dictatorship that was kind of ruling it. So when you look further into um, the lyrics, it kind of suggests that there's some potential protest in this song, if not entirely, like he mentions how, um, oh, this land will still fulfill its ideal, it will still become a huge Portugal. Oh, one day this land ought to fulfill its destiny, it shall become an immense Portugal. And in 1974, there was the Carnation Revolution, which was famous for toppling the authoritarian uh, government and ending fascism in Portugal. So, yeah, there's a lot of history between Brazil and Portugal, and it's quite delicate, and this song was written around a time when there was a lot of conflict. So having her as a singer sing it as well and 
being called fado also the genre musical genre fado i think was around the 1820s um and it's known for being melancholic so the whole genre itself is quite somber a lot of people would kind of consider um which is interesting because in 1822 last topic tip in 1822 um brazil's country's borders were finalized and they were independent from portugal so there's a lot of social political discourse happening between brazil and portugal so if you look deeper into the song you could find those elements but for having a snack at 3am i think it's amazing <laughs> i love the idea that your slice of wow. cheese on toast has this huge like historical yeah. political background well, i didn't realize like i didn't know but i think it'd be a real disservice not to mention that and like what the song was originally about because it's there's so much history i had no idea about but joyce as a singer is incredible she's an amazing guitarist um she's uh from brazil she's just amazing and if you don't know her, i definitely would recommend checking her out i really liked this one uh, this was probably my like of the ones i hadn't heard on the playlist this was the one where i was like i would come back to this because it just oh. it does immediately have that like warmth and also kind of wistfulness i guess so like yeah. kind of i have i have a whole playlist um of songs that feel like yearning because sometimes you just need to listen to things where it's like yearning for something and i immediately was like this is a, this is a yearning song and it's really interesting that that is actually like political yearning <laughs> i think it works for other like other emotions as well but yeah i this does feel like a late night tune i think like it's so kind of it is exactly in that kind of like weird emotional middle ground that we've been talking about where it's like kind of hopeful and warm and kind of sad and and like it's nostalgic that soothing sadness if that makes sense yeah <laughs> i love that that's such a yeah. good phrase for it i think because it sounds like it feels like it's so intimate as well because the instrumentation is so simple and it's just so clear in your ears like when i was listening to it like in the car i was like turning it up because like i just really wanted to just completely be enveloped in it i just found it yeah really really soothing so just like the voice and the guitar but so effective and it's really interesting now that you mentioned about the lyrics and there's so much backstory to it i should probably say i'm not entirely sure this is correct i have to translate a lot of portuguese blogs <laughs> i could say something totally different but but yeah totally her voice is so like unprocessed as well like talking about the interview yeah like and she has like just a beautiful warm lovely voice but it's yeah that like it the whole thing feels very kind of like raw but also like she's such an accomplished musician that it has that degree of polish but like it still feels very sort of she could be standing next to you in the room playing it it almost feels i i found that it almost feels not she is almost as if it was recorded without her even knowing and it's just kind of her playing intimately to herself or to people in a room and someone's recorded it and captured that kind of moment in time totally i think mm. as well like from what I gathered like she taught herself guitar and she was always surrounded by different musicians and I think she's kept that kind of style of like that homely acoustic kind of authentic I know authentic sounds a bit cheesy because what is authentic but do you know what I mean that sort of <laughs> like organic like... yeah that's a better word maybe sure yeah organic <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um so I think there is that I guess and it is the the historical significance when it was written but it almost does feel a bit like a piece of kind of archive footage. Like you might see this in like sort of sepia or black and white. Is that kind of an oral equivalent of that? And you can you can almost hear the 
the history of the song in its just the way it's sung, the way it was recorded, the way it is arranged. Um, and it, yeah, it does feel like that kind of, it, it wasn't necessarily like, okay, we're going to turn up at the studio today and we're going to record this. It was more like we've got oh. a tape recorder here and we just put it on in the kitchen and the person's singing. I think one thing that's really striking, I mean, the, the, the thing that I was kind of imagining with this song was that the guitar work was, you know, really beautiful and the chords, you know, the way that they kind of worked against the voice were great. But I was almost spending more time imagining just what the voice sounded like in isolation. Like if you took the guitars away and you just have this incredibly emotive and really expressive voice just kind of singing at you. And even though I didn't know any of the political notions or really any of the meaning behind the lyrics, I feel like the voice sounded incredibly impassioned in a kind of in a kind of like sad and melancholic but also like not just miserable way it felt like like it was pulling in both like positive and kind of negative ways like it was stuck in the middle i think that that kind of vibe is particularly for me feels like it's it's only really a, a sort of alone at night kind of thing like that's not really the kind of state that you get into in a, with a group of people. That's like you're totally alone and you're really processing all of these like big concepts and big emotions that are going on with you. And that's the great thing about it. Like I, I didn't know the translation when I first started listening to Joyce. I didn't really know any of the, the history or anything like that. But you still get that feeling of like warmth and melancholy and you can understand the emotion without having to understand the words. So, yeah, I agree. That plaintiveness that's that's so archetypical of Fardo, and I was, I was so happy, and and also I was so happy that somebody else chose some Fardo, and so frustrated that I didn't think to choose any because I because I really love it, but because it it's kind of the the music of nostalgia and the music of being melancholy, and I just wondered if anybody wanted a fun fact that I just I just quickly. Um, googled while we were listening to it because I knew that there was a word in Portuguese that doesn't have a direct translation to English that kind of sums up Fajé music and I think really sums up what we're all trying to get across in terms of that pulling in both positive and negative directions but it's still being something that's deeply kind of reflective and, and nostalgic so I'm going to butcher some Portuguese now it is um, saudade? Uh, saudade. Yes. And the translation is, it's a, it's a deep emotional state of nostalgic or profound melancholic longing for an absence, something that some, something or some, someone that you once loved. There's a similar one. Yeah. There's a similar word in, in Russian, which is Tosca, which means a really similar thing. But yeah, like the, it has it has a very similar meaning, and it's it's interesting because it's like a concept that crops up in other languages that we just don't have a word for. Particularly, like Tosca can be used for like longing or nostalgia for something where you can't actually name the specific thing that it is. Like it's not for a specific thing that you had. It's just for like a feeling or a state of being that you can't quite pin down. Um, we should have a word for that. This is this is I'll follow you into the dark by Death Cup for Cutie. This is Lizzie's choice. If heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied, and illuminate the nose on their vacancy signs. If there's no one beside you when your soul 
Catholic school, as vicious as Roman rule. I got my knuckles bruised. This is actually the first song I thought of when Will gave us the brief. I tried to like think of others I could use, but I was like, I might as well just go with the first choice. Um, I've known the song for a real long time. I think it has been out for a, a while now. I don't know anything else by the band, or at least I don't think I do. Um, and I just chose it because it's really, really easy to listen to. Again, it's got like that kind of cyclic feel. It doesn't deviate from the melody at all all the way through, maybe just once. And I just found the lyrics really interesting. Like it opens up like quite dark and it's just about like a really intense love. Um, and for me personally, like I know when I can't get to sleep, sometimes I'll just sit at the piano and like just learn songs myself or like just if I've got an idea. But I found with this song in particular, just because the chords are very repetitive, it's very easy to learn. Um, and the chorus has some like interesting little harmonies. So I just thought it was one of those songs that I can just sit down in the middle of the night and um, learn to play on the piano and make like different arrangements for it. Because um, it's guitar and voice, but I was like, it actually sounds quite nice on piano as well. So it's just one of those songs really that I think is quite easily adaptable to a lot of instruments. And I just felt like if, I, if it was 3 a.m. and I couldn't sleep, this would be a song that would kind of just like set my mind wandering about musical possibilities and relax me a bit. It's one of those songs that just relaxes me. And because I have known it for a while, I just know it's an easy go-to and something that, yeah, I can just kind of bring up when I just need a bit of calm and a bit of inspiration. It's interesting that you find this calm because I think musically it is, you know, the dynamics don't really change all the way through and his voice is quite, you know, is really pleasant to listen to. But um, I, I think after my sort of like third or fourth listen, I was listening to the lyrics, I was like, this is really sad. I hope Lizzie's sad. <laughs> I hope she's having like the saddest cheese on toast in the world. <laughs> but for me, it's like, it's like what Louise was saying before, it is like a soothing sadness. And I kind of, I separate, I like separate a little bit from it. I just like kind of appreciate the intensity of it, I suppose, rather than like the sadness of it. It's more just like, yeah, just the intensity of the emotion. And I kind of see it in more of, it is dark, but I kind of see the positives in it. And just, I think just musically, that's how it relaxes me, like less so than the lyrics. I just really like where it goes. And I feel like it was a good kind of combination of the, the lyrics being on one end very sad and like melancholic and quite dark, but then the music being almost uplifting and soft. Because I was actually a very big fan of this song. It, it It's quite similar to a lot of the music I listen to sometimes. And I was, surprised, I was quite surprised I'd never I'd heard of the band, but I'd never heard any of their music before. But I was quite, I really, really like this song. We have hit this little like middle portion of the playlist where it does get very existential. It's funny that you like this one, Matt, because yours is the. Yeah, my next one. I, 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 <laughs> I, I saw them paired next to it. I listened to it. I was like, oh, there's, there's a similar area of the music world. It's, it's a real, it's a real like gut punch in the middle of the playlist where everything yeah. is just so like. Now, time to think. <laughs> We're about here to bring you down and then you can go back up in a bit. And then the movie. <laughs> But yeah, I think it almost like um, both of them, that that sort of um, uplifting sadness or like uplifting existentialism. It's like, it's an interesting one. I think it is definitely appropriate for that like 3am time. Because again, it's that weird sort of like complicated in between kind of emotion. But I guess it, it kind of makes sense that it feels uplifting listening to songs about death in a weird way. Because I guess it's that memento mori concept. Like if you remember that death 
is a thing that will happen then it kind of like sheds light on all of the good things that are happening or like it's important to kind of think about death enough that you appreciate what you have and I guess that this song is kind of that whole vibe it's like appreciate this like love that you have by thinking about Mm. it ending but it kind of goes beyond that as well because it's like obviously death absolute but then beyond death as well it's like it's still gonna be there we're still gonna have each other even in death type thing it's very introspective and quite dark but yeah it's just interesting that's I found the vibe that's the cheese that's the vibe yeah that's the cheese on toast vibe it's all good i think even even though it's obviously an incredibly different genre and different sound to the the joyce song louise's pick i think for me it, it evokes a similar sense of intimacy in a way that it's just yeah. you could imagine being sat in a small room with just this, you know, this one performer singing and playing guitar at the same time. Yeah. That kind of... But quite like a live feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah. It does, yeah. yeah. And I think if you if you sort of picture yourself at like 3am sat in a room watching someone play this to you, I think that it, it can either feel really comforting or really, really sad or, or both or kind of just like a, a mixture of the two. I think it does really feel like a song that you have to give your entire attention to that you have to like really listening close and kind of 100% exist for at the time. I think this is a part of a select group of songs that there aren't that many of that you could play at a funeral or a wedding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it does That's double. Perfect, yeah. I'm not feeling a wedding vibe. We're definitely team no. funeral on this. Yeah, I, think, I think it's because before I played this song, I read a scroll down to the YouTube comments for it and I would really caution anybody feeling a little bit wobbly against reading them i did exactly the same okay. thing Georgia. <laughs> i'm thinking oh god this is really it seems to be an, an anthem of of kind of coping trauma yeah. and loss for, for so many people i personally do actually see the really comforting side of it like i will follow you into the dark you're not going on your own hmm. um, we're in this together we'll go through life together and then we'll be on the other side together like there's something about that that i think is really sweet either a sad <laughs> wedding or an uplifting funeral <laughs> then... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i think oh strangely the musically it does that as well there's just something that feels i sound quite harsh if i call it predictable as that chord change at the end of the chorus that feels like it's a four then a four minor then one um and there's just something uh, like you can have a major chord and it's all for want of a better term happy but you're not going too far without having this minor answer to it as well <laughs> yeah i think that's what i really like about like the harmonies and like when i was kind of arranging it on the piano and doing it myself and adding all these like different voices and textures like that different chord made it really nice and fun and interesting thinking about sort of i, I can't remember who sort of said it's it's a song to process oh yeah it was the youtube comments um everyone being like <laughs> I've, I've lost this important person in my life i feel like if you were like up late at night and feeling really miserable about something i feel like this is a song you'd like get up in your pajamas go to your kitchen make a slice of cheese on toast and listen to this song and be like it's okay we're gonna keep kind of we're gonna keep cracking on we're gonna keep dealing with this and it's gonna be all right but also processing the sad and sitting in the sad at the same time it gives it gives that sadness some space and some recognition but it does sort of have its positive elements in there that push through that seep through if to lead into the next one i feel like a lot of music in this area area of like sad folky music is that depending on your state of mind 
it, it very much changes the personality of the song. If you're in a and if you were in a melancholy mood and a very sad mood, it would be a somber song to listen to. But if you're in quite an uplifting mood, you could more you'd be more likely to see the positive sides to it. I'm very much a fan of the sad song. I didn't want to come across a kind of anti-sad song. We love sad. To me, that is. <laughs> Um, I feel like there is definitely a lot to be said for, and I don't know if this is a, a cheese on toast mood, but it's definitely a 3am mood for like the song that you put on when you just need to like lie on the floor and feel really sad so that you can get out of your system so you can actually like go to sleep or do whatever you're trying to do. Well, like, being very cathartic, a kind of a cry yourself to sleep, but you don't quite go to sleep, you just kind of cry yourself into a, that, that was a good cry. <laughs> is another one that has that yeah. like lullaby feel to it as well which is also very appropriate I guess for the subject matter but um I think all of these are definitely like their songs that encourage you to go to sleep which is probably what you need mm. at three in the morning <laughs> neat right okay well uh we will move on to the next one uh yeah this song is Anarchy of Dirt by uh, Pat the Bunny I got sober like a Drowning like a fish breathing, like Dracula sunbathing in a place where the ground itself will stab you, the land itself will cut you, it will kill you if it's able. I arrived so certain I was ready, but nowadays I think there is no. Oh, I picked this song. Um, because if I'm in that three or three in the morning mood, whether it be a late night or an early morning, more often late night than anything else, it, it, it's like like the song previous. It's that kind of sad song mood, and it's a very introspective mood of listening to something that's going to make me think about I don't know life or things like that. And I picked this because it's this kind of genre of I guess folk punk. It's a very weird term because I'm not really sure what is and what isn't that, but it suits me very well because I'm, I've, I've always been a fan of kind of folky acoustic music and as well knows I've always been a big punk music fan it kind of fits both of my loves perfectly together into one introspective sad song jamboree really it makes you think about a lot of things it it just makes me think about things and it's it somewhat cheers me up weirdly because it makes you think about the worst of things and it makes you think about where you are currently in your life and it's like not necessarily like well, at least I'm not there, but it's it's a uh, makes you more appreciative of the things that you do have in life. I, I weirdly because a lot of this music is very DIY, there's a very big ethos behind it, and this sonically this version is a lot stranger than the version I'm usually used to, which is just <laughs> Pat on himself with the guitar. I think that there's a live version on YouTube that he does that's a lot better, I think, but it's. It sounds odd being, it's obviously, I feel like the, the guitars and that and the harmonica are recorded properly and his, his vocals aren't quite, and it, it's a very weird clash. You mean you're not used to the, uh, the, the brass section that comes in halfway through the song? Yeah, I, I remember the first time because I sent the thing to you and I remember hearing it, I was like, I don't remember that, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, I, th- I, I feel like this me- this type of music does very much lend itself to the kind of DIY one man, one guitar, maybe someone with a trumpet in the background, who knows, or a harmonica. Um, but almost kind of raw recordings and like very little takes usually. But yeah. It's like an instrumental flash mob, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like people just walking past. Oh, I'll join in. I'll give it a go. We got that um, 
like folk vibe from the instrumentation especially the guitar like that felt mm. really uplifting to me like on its own I was like oh I could be on a road trip somewhere like in fields yeah you know but then with the lyrics and the vocals it's really interesting because that mm. punk sort of element kind of comes into it which is a cool little juxtaposition I thought yeah I couldn't really tell whether I wanted to listen to this song entirely alone and to feel like I don't know quite nihilistic and miserable or whether this song is best listened to in a sort of rowdy group of people all feeling really emotional together I think I feel like it can only it can either be one or the other of those because yeah it's it's equivocal to me to like being a a a dingy house party at three in the morning someone bashes out a guitar and comes out with this I quite like the fact that it feels very rough around the edges because i think actually it it kind of suits it better than if it felt like it had polish i mean i guess that is like a big part of punk music in general but um i like this one i think it's like the sort of slightly more chaotic version of the same vibe that we've been talking about this whole time particularly with (laughs) monica but um it's just like it i think that this feels like maybe if the others are like you're getting up feeling a bit like weird and nostalgic in the middle of the night um, but then you're aiming to go back to sleep. This is like the insomniac song where you yeah, are not going I'm, back to I'm sleep. staying up for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, but like you need, still need to like tap into that vibe. I mean, it's also interesting because like knowing what the, the Joyce song is actually about, having heard Louise talk about mm. it, like this is also a song that has like quite a lot of political undertones. I mean, Will described it earlier today as um, a song about death and communism. Um, yeah, it's fairly yeah. accurate. <laughs> I think the thing is that the communism of it, 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 the old adage of we all end up in the same place, and in the end, in the end, it's, it's communism that everybody's equal in death. I did a quick sort of Google on Pat the Bunny. He's been in about like three of the biggest folk band bands of three different generations of it from the early 2000s. Yeah, but I think uh, from what I from what I read online like a lot of his solo stuff came after he came out of like rehab for a drug addiction. Um, yeah. And I think one of my favorite things about this song and, and actually in stark contrast to pretty much all the other songs is just how kind of raw the vocals are. I feel like it's mm. it's kind of the 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 entire opposite of of the Wild Beast song and well, pretty much any of the other ones i feel like he's quite raw and scratchy in a really punk way um, and yeah. i kind of i kind of envision him as this sort of wreck of a man going through like processing multiple traumas and like processing tons of hard things and like like beth said like being an insomniac up at 3am like struggling with addiction and struggling with thinking about mortality but there's something about the there's something about the energy with which it's sung and the energy of the the music in general that kind of doesn't just feel morbid and miserable. I think it feels a bit more uplifting and that's why it feels like it could be a song you'd listen to with a group of people who all are really struggling and you kind of all collectively feel like everything's going to be all right. I was just going to say it feels like an acknowledgement of like things are hard but we're here anyway doing it which is like a really nice kind of feeling to have in music. Like that's not a super common subject matter i guess for people to get into yeah yeah um, it almost feels like it's that vibe that we keep mentioning and sort of circling around but it's it's really trying to do something about it or it's it's going further than just "Mm, it's here it's it's feels like it's 
actively sort of participating in that feeling that you are in at 3am? I thought that this song, it kind of holds you in a place. It's quite supportive. It's like a, it's like a good sadness bra, I think. It like mm-hmm. holds you there in a place of kind of yearning and, but, but it, it is strangely uplifting. And also, I think it sounds like um, a very deep, melodic, mouldy peaches. There have been so many good phrases that have come out of this. Like, I do think that introspective sad song jamboree should just be, I think that's better than (laughs) that. That should be the name of the podcast. That's your episode name right there. Yeah. (laughs) Feels almost like he's saying he's not fine in the lyrics, but... With the instrumentation, it's like no one's listening. The response almost, you know, like when you're going, oh, I'm not well, and everyone's like, cool, whatever. Like the the guitar's just carrying on being happy. Like that could be the world, and he's just kind of in it, being like, is anyone? I think some of it, there's a, there's a general feel of like I'm not okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going and go through it. And I think that comes from the DIY aspect of a lot of the music in that genre of you know what, no one's gonna do it for us, so we'll do it ourselves. I don't want to wait around and I'm just going to go for it. And if it, if it happens, it happens. If not, then we'll try again. I think the rawness of it, though, is what makes it affecting, particularly the vocal. Yeah. Yeah, because I think if it didn't have that, if it, if it was, like, super polished, it would just sound a bit like a kind of emo. Um, whereas, because it's slightly more rough around the edges and it's not that super produced emo thing, it's it's then a lot more affecting. Because it does, like, it sounds like he's kind of singing his heart out. Like, it sounds almost painful, the vocal take, which mm. I think is, like, so much of the appeal of the song, like, much more so than the actual songwriting. It's, like, the way that it's sung. Kind of like that Glenn Hansard sort of vibe, if you've listened to Glenn Hansard. Like, he just sounds a lot of time like he's in pain, but it's so, like, who cares if he's a good singer or not? Like, the emotion makes him a good singer. So the next song is... I'm probably going to say this, pronounce this wrong, but it's Aos Chaos uh, by Gweno. Does that sound right? Does that sound like Cornish? I think I don't even know how to say it, but yeah, I think it is Aos Chaos. Does it mean one kiss? Good guess. Good guess. So that's your guess. What does everyone else think? I googled it, so I can't say. Yeah, you uh-huh. can't comment. Ez Kez, put me on the spot. Ez Kez. How's your Cornish? <laughs> <laughs> not, not the best. Not existed. Ez Kez. I'm just gonna guess. Does it mean like a bed? Is that because of Kez the? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also did a little bit of looking up of this song, so I sort of know. Uh, okay. So basically, the song is called "Is There Cheese," and it's it's all in oh It Basically, goes people of Falmouth, hail Heston, people of lost, lost with you, lost with you. It's basically all places in Cornwall, um, and it. 
the end of listing all these places, it goes, there's one question left to ask. And then the chorus goes, is there cheese? Is there or isn't there? If there's cheese, bring cheese. And if there isn't cheese, bring what's easy. <laughs> I mean, I, there's words to live by. You took Sorry. this cheese on toast thing very literally then. Very literally. <laughs> but I also just thought that, yeah, very literal, but also if nobody knows Gweno, they should just check her out because she's amazing. I thought Gweno, I, that sounds very Welsh to me. But yeah, she says she is, and yeah. a lot of her songs are in Welsh, but then there are a few of them are in Cornish as I'll well. I'll give them a go. I'll understand. Honestly, the whole album's in Cornish, I think. Is this whole album in Cornish? Uh, okay. But yeah, honestly, so Lakov, which this album's off, is really, really good. Like, check it out. Um, just, yeah, well, that was kind of why I picked it, is that <laughs> I thought the lyrics are hilarious, and the video is just ridiculous as well. Marrying those up is funny, and it's just a cool tune. But also, it's got that kind of late night, drug field haze kind of. You're, you've stayed up partying. I think it sounds like a cheese party. Well, I guess if you know it, <laughs> not like, yeah, you know, eating so much cheese, you've got this slightly weird. I was going to say, you know, people talk about cheese dreams. I feel like this is the cheese dream <laughs> that you have yeah. after you go back to sleep after your cheese on toast. Yeah. Interestingly, though, um, this this song does have an awful lot of like repetition and like. Uh, like little riffs and motifs kind of cycling around exactly what like what we were talking about earlier almost subconsciously you've ended up picking a song that really fits in with all the other ones that we've picked mm. kind of oh that, that's the thing is i like i still felt it actually was a vibe but i would eat cheese on toast to it at 3 a.m um it just also happened to be about cheese <laughs> and cornish and I don't, I don't know many other cornish songs so it's quite fun i think the vibe element of it or the music element doing all that is heightened by the fact you don't understand the language. Well, I don't understand the language that it's speaking to you in, so it allows everything else to um, come to the fore a bit more, I guess. I get that definitely with um, a lot of foreign language music and music that you don't understand the, the lyrics to necessarily, is that it's it it does make it, you listen to it more of a whole package mm. and you, you focus on the music a lot more. Because I thought that was German. <laughs> I assumed it was a German thing. Yeah, well, I I assume people would think it was a, like um, what's that German metal band? Oh, Ram- yeah, that's what I thought. Ram- I, was I thought people were thinking it's that kind of vibe. That's where I immediately went with it. Yeah, it's interesting that we've had two like foreign language songs, and one of them, when you translate it, is actually like really political and deep and interesting, and the other one, when you translate it, Jeez. is about cheese. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically two very important topics. <laughs> like the kind of again like the slightly chaotic energy that this one has i mean i know i can't really say chaotic energy before we get to the moments but um it's again like that different kind of 3am vibe which is more of like the sleepless kind of vibe where you're not just feeling introspective you're feeling a bit mad um this definitely fits in there um, and I really like the kind of cyclical nature of it, particularly with this one. Like, this was the one I really noticed it with because there's that kind of little riff that just keeps on coming back kind of in the background. And it just, it's it's almost like trance-like. And I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's got a strange sort of bounce to it. <laughs> it's the thing I, it reminds me a little bit of the kind of the craft work, kind of that repetitive like you put on a drum machine and it's just kind of going throughout like um autobahn is it autobahn yeah um, but it's basically it's like drum just basically kind of a drum machine just driving just keeps going and it's just like this slightly sort of spacey but i think with like with music that's more psychedelic like this i think you know in a in a different way to to craft you 
it kind of sounds really like organic. It sounds like a lot of organic noises kind of mm, yeah, yeah, cycling yeah. around each other. Because there's a load of weird sort of like background noises in this song that kind of, you know, float above the sort of motoric drum beat that goes all the way through and the bass line that goes all the way through. I think there's elements of this song that do sound really organic and kind of spooky and dreamlike. I don't I don't think I feel like it necessarily has to be heard at 3am, but I feel like if you listen to this at night time, you'd kind of come up with images of, of like fairies and like sort of spooky stuff happening all around you. I think it sounds like a kaleidoscope feels. (laughs) (laughs) It's also got that element of like, it almost sounds like it could be, it could be like from the 80s. It's got that kind of nostalgic feel to it as well. Probably with like the synths that are used. So again, it's quite, can just make you yeah uh, quite nostalgic. Yeah, I think I think and I think it does go back to that the kind of electronic music of the eighties with the repetitive synth like mm-hmm. um trigger triggers and stuff. Um yeah. where it's while there's the organic elements to it with some of the instrumentation, there is some of that that's because the drums are so tight and it feels robotic. Mm-hmm. I think that was a like the eighties was where that really started to late seventies, eighties where that started to become a big part of music i think it's nice that we do have a song on this playlist that isn't even remotely sad or kind of morbid or anything this one feels like you're up at 3am and you're kind of enjoying it yeah yeah you're enjoying that piece of toast yeah yeah this is you're making cheese on toast for a few people everyone's having a good time it's one of will's coming in from a night out slices of cheese on toast which i have seen you make. <laughs> This is the soundtrack. I think <laughs> toast is a good is a good post night out snack. Yeah, definitely. Soak up all the alcohol you've drunk. I think it's great. So the next song is Lippy Kids by Elbow, which is dance selection. It's it's funny actually, like uh, as we've gone through like the conversations about each song so far and stuff, that um, a lot of what came up when I thought of this song has been mentioned almost, you know, almost word for word in some cases. Um, where it's in that it's in that vocal range that Will mentioned with Wild Beasts, and it is also that northern thing. That's I know what you mean when you say it's really calming for some reason. Yeah, I think I just started by thinking. Uh, like why would I be up at 3am and how am I interpreting that for a start and um, you know is it the end of a night out like we might have just said or is it um, like or a planned evening or something or is it that I can't sleep or something's bugging me or something and I think I sort of naturally just sort of lent I was leaning towards it being a negative reason for for some reason maybe I'm just pessimistic like that I don't know but um, yeah I do again I like that cyclical feeling to it Um, and it does obviously it kind of ends in very much the same way that it begins um and it's I, I like how it just sort of resists its temptation to swell massively or to to do something really grandiose towards the end it sort of it, i feel like it grows with various bits of instrumentation in the backing vocals and stuff that come in and out um but it's not sort of invasive it gives you sort of room to just sit in this feeling that we keep talking about 
everybody's sort of skirting around a similar vibe, maybe because the song sort of gives you somewhere to put this indescribable kind of ball of emotion. Like like uh, Georgia and Beth were saying, we don't really have a specific word for it in English and stuff. So it just it it's a vehicle for this thing that you have for some reason. I think that is like a lot. So much of the joy of music is when it's able to articulate something that you can't actually articulate verbally. Mm. And I think this this song again is another one that would absolutely fit on my yearning songs playlist because mm. it is like concentrated yearn. That is the whole feeling of this song. Um, yeah. And I feel like it would be if you if you sat and ate a piece of cheese on toast and listened to this whole song, I feel like that would be a, a roller coaster of emotions. I feel like you would definitely go through like melancholy into like uplifting. And by the end, I think you'd feel like you'd been on like a, a cheese on toast journey. Yeah, I could see I that. love I as a pick. Yeah. <laughs> this, this one for me felt a lot like if you're like uh if you've got an old photo album and you're looking through it as you as a kid and all those nice feelings and it's that bittersweet reflection of like oh I miss those times but it was nice like I feel like he's reminiscing about his life as a kid maybe I don't know but um it feels really personal to him but I still get that feeling of like kind of what best about longing for something but yeah it's really nice like you said that it it does have quite a nostalgic sound to it and it's quite hard to describe why it's just a general sound of like looking back on things and looking back on your past and having your own little retrospective look at your life, I guess, which you might be doing at three in the morning with twos on toast. If I'm trying to be analytical about it, I wonder whether there is something when it comes to like that feeling of yearning, something about where in your register you put a melody. Because there's a particular, mm. planet, particularly in this song, I think you notice that like there's a lot of that chest voice like pushing up into head voice that does just sound yearning because it is like literally like you are physically kind of like pushing for that note and I think quite I mean off the top of my head I would struggle to say but I think quite a lot of these songs do have a certain amount of that kind of like that tension of like kind of the top of of the chest voice Um, but this one's the one that I really noticed it in especially in the chorus because i think the majority of the verses sit quite nicely and then the second time he sings build a rocket boys where he jumps right up yeah and it just you can you can hear him putting effort into singing that and it just feels like overwhelmingly emotional at that point mm-hmm. it's, think, it's a voice that's doing it's a voice that's doing work i think at that at that moment in time like yeah i think when the choir comes in in the chorus as well because everything's been so empty and really like you can really hear all the little details in the verses and then this huge choir like and it does sound like 50 people or more mm. coming in the chorus um i think a choirs are you know all of those voices are a really good way to kind of punch you in the feels this song there's a and part of it it relates to something i was going to say um there's a podcast called tape notes where they get a producer and the artist and they chat about how they record an album and elbow talks about lippy kids in, on, on an episode and he talks about how he was conscious about using his voice and that kind of chest voice and and there's some really, really interesting things and themes that we've touched on oh, I'll say something as well about about the, the musical qualities of this of this piece and how I think it sounds nostalgic and that is that it uses my favourite time signature of all time a lovely 6-8. I'm right, aren't I? It is in 6-8. I'd say it's 6, yeah. I'd go with that, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. I feel like it's more of a 6-8 than anything else. But, I mean, I mean, it's interesting because, the, because the, that melody 
it doesn't come in on the one or the three, does it? It comes in on the two. Mm. Um, my dad loves to sing this song, and he, and he comes in wrong every time, and it stresses him out so much. <laughs> um, but I think a six-eight is, is the, just an ingredient for instant nostalgia and melancholy. I was just going to say, I do love the touch of the whistle. I'm not sure if we heard it when we listened to it there. That's at the start, and I think it comes back at the end. That that's very mournful for some reason, very introspective. And I think that the whistle to me, because I, I made a note about this, is like a, a really major point. It feels less like a melodic musical thing, and it feels more like a kind of sound or like sound effect that he's used to make you like remember some part of your like child and i feel like it mm. i don't know if you think about where you whistle you're kind of like calling your dog back to you or like trying to like contact your friend or something like i don't know just the the hearing that him like whistle to somebody and then have you know the call of it and then the response of it feels like i don't know just feels dead cozy to me it also yeah. almost sounds like a like a bird call i think those whistles like the the kind of simple harmony of them like feels quite organic but i do yeah. i agree that whistling there is something weirdly melancholy about whistling in certain contexts there's a there's a katie tunstall song that has like an extended whistling section which is really like melancholy i think it's something it's something to do with that reverb on it as well it has it evokes that imagery of like an underpass and you're definitely in the north of this country at that point and yeah. it's like it just it's just you might it's the sound of a street at night kind of thing i've definitely heard in an interview somewhere where he's talked about it and we've all touched on that kind of nostalgia thing and i think it's very much lamenting the loss of his youth i think that's like is in like he now realizes that he's kind of an old man and he's kind of going oh those lippy kids but in that kind of way that oh i'm no young no longer a young a kid a kid yeah, I think it's quite so. It's like romanticized ordinariness. I almost it's sort of mm. from what I from what little I do know about it. It's it was written when he sort of moved back to his childhood neighborhood, and it's I, I don't know if it's just literally observational of some kids on a corner or whatever, but mm. it's definitely just revisiting that for himself. I think. Mm. Incidentally, I think that that romanticized ordinariness is another really good phrase good that phrase. like encapsulates mm. the 3am cheese on toast vibe it's go. like because i think it is that thing particularly if you're on your own and i think particularly at night particularly in the rain particularly driving there are all of these like situations that encourage that kind of like it, introspection it's like yeah you feel yeah. just enough out of the ordinary in some way that it it's very easy to kind of romanticize or to kind of make cinematic i guess i think that that's part of why it encourages that kind of like introspection is because it's so easy to kind of like see your life more i don't know like narratively i guess mm. that goes back to the idea of like a scene in a film doesn't it like you think like you think of yourself outside of the situation like just doing something normal but yeah romanticized and then all all of these songs have that vibe that's sort of like end of act two. This is as lowest the lowest your characters that you're following are gonna get. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna do something to make it all better in the that's end. Gonna be like, a build up we all suit. felt it with the paper kites song. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, George's selection is uh, a number well, I guess the soundtrack for is it Comet and Moominland? Mm. Uh, yeah, by Graham Miller and Steve Schill.
I desperately want to hear kind of what makes you think this would be nice 3am music. Well, I will explain it to you. I had quite a, a deep think about all the elements of your brief, Will. Had you just said 3am and you're awake, I probably would have chosen something completely different. I would have gone, I would have been a sad boy. It would have been something twinkly in six eight or it would have been this woman's work by kate bush lovely kate or maybe my favorite song at the moment orange um from um big thief which is a song i absolutely love which would have just slotted itself in so well to to that nostalgia and that melancholy and that being awake and or crying yourself to sleep um so i was trying to think of a situation where I would be awake at 3am and um, these days it would probably be because I couldn't get back to sleep had it been you know five years ago it might have been because I couldn't get to sleep in the first place or it would be because maybe we'd had friends round and we were kind of finishing off the night of probably eating cheese and having a, a pal's time. But then the, the cheese on toast really threw a spanner in the works because I so rarely eat cheese on toast. I don't know why, because it's delicious. And I was trying to think, when would I be awake at 3am but also eating cheese on toast? Because if I couldn't get to sleep, I would never think, oh, I should have a snack. And maybe that's where I've been going wrong on my life. <laughs> This, this has been a revelation for me, really. But anyway, and I think it would only be if we were sitting right here and, and you know, maybe some people on some bean bags. we have friends round in the olden days or we could have friends. And then maybe somebody would make a round of cheese on toast. And that is the only situation I can think of where that would happen. And if I were in that situation of having friends round or we'd maybe had a long night of talking and being silly and then we'd had a piece of cheese on toast to finish off the night the only thing I would put on would be this <laughs> because um, we'd probably put on a record wouldn't we yeah. because that's the kind of thing we do we used to do we do still have some friends it's just obviously we're not allowed to have them around <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving way too much context. That's anyway. probably the best description, yeah, I think. Yeah, I would only ever be yeah. one in that situation because, you know, if we're looking through the records and I think, oh, I'll tell you what, I've got that probably nobody, apart from Beth and Will, have ever heard is this. And I think everybody should listen to this <laughs> because it's great and I love it. And Beth has curated so much of my life and the things, like the bits of culture that I love. I'm looking at my bookshelf and thinking, oh, this is just a note to how much I love Beth Booth. That I all my favourite books are probably ones that Beth recommended. And this is one of my favourite ever things and and it's from Beth. And I would always put it on at the end of a night with pals because it's just so weird. And that's why I chose it. But listening to that little snippet from track eight, most unusual, as the last track on the A side, it was interesting because so many of the tropes we've been talking about are actually in that little snippet, aren't they? 
that repetition and that kind of like ghostly music box thing which is another kind of trigger for that that world of nostalgia and that kind of the unearthly swathes of of synths and and things being a bit kind of spatially but soothingly spooky lullaby yeah and, and the lullaby qualities of it as well so actually most unusual probably is a bit a bit more like some of the other pieces that that we've heard this evening than other elements on this album so i must have chosen that snippet i would recommend you listen to the whole thing by the way at 3 a.m at, at 3 a.m with cheese that's the time to appreciate it after a cheese fueled evening with friends um, me and will listened to this whole soundtrack as performed by one of the guys who wrote it in a tent in the rain at a festival um which is i think is the only other way to experience it it's either like 3 p.m rainy festival tent or 3 a.m i feel like this probably is an album best listened to as a group and while and you're sort of all looking around each other being like oh this is really weird yeah. yeah. Why did they decide to do this? I feel like if you listen to this album by yourself, you might actually go crazy. Yeah. But if you're sort of being on the mad side of being the mad, that's after Bueno. Yeah. Five minutes later, yeah. you're in another world. But I think if you're, yeah, I think if you're at the end of an evening with of some, you know, having some friends round and things have kind of gotten a bit, a bit odd, I feel like this is sort of a, a perfect cap to the evening where you're all sort of sat around maybe in your pajamas or under blankets eating eating little bits of cheese on toast being like that's a weird synth this is really odd i was gonna say is that a theremin is that the sound that we're hearing yeah i was gonna say whenever there's a theremin involved like things are getting weird but in a good way (laughs) i really love the like the thumb piano as well i think there's so much of it on on that soundtrack i think and it's like that sound is so specific and so evocative like it's as soon as you hear a thumb piano it's like oh i am a child and the world is magical it's like that's such a specific sound i actually love that you picked this partly because it's different to everything else and partly because i gave it to you (laughs) um but it's just it does like i think it is this lovely meeting point of that like 3 a.m madness and the like 3 a.m kind of nostalgic childish thing that we've been talking about it like perfectly melds those two things and i was half expecting that you would choose um america by simon and god oh, of course i should have chosen that but <laughs> <laughs> ah, so many opportunities to play my favorite songs i mean my if someone was to say george what kind of music do you like it would be like nostalgic melancholy six eight things written in the 60s and i just you'll just have to I chose this anyway we'll all have to come up with another <laughs> that encourages uh kate bush and simon and garfunkel i'm sure there are plenty of times that those are the right the right people for the job i think this is a really good um different thing to produce for 3am cheese on toast times for sure especially in a group like i would never have thought of like 3am cheese on toast with a group like that makes it feel really nice and collaborative and like everyone has different takes on things and like when you're in that state of delirium it's like oh what can we take from this like what can we hear? What what are our different perspectives? And that's really cool. I was just gonna say you would, I do think you do you would get a completely different uh, takeaway from it were you on your own and you'd be just a little bit confused by what's going on maybe when there's no one else experiencing it with you, I guess. And like like all three of them as well, um, 
you sort of left like there's a lot to think about there's a lot to take in on it and i'm not quite sure what level of reality i'm operating on right now <laughs> what it actually really reminded you all on your own so you are doing that you are experiencing mm. like when you first listen to it the headphones on you that's like ah Mm. <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> it was it was an odd an odd mixture of songs to hear in a kitchen late in the evening at work <laughs> oh, did you listen to things you listened to this at work <laughs> i put it on i was on i was on for like five hours in the evening and it was really quiet so i was like i'm gonna put this playlist on repeat and the first time it came on i was like this is odd <laughs> roll, roll, that is, but roll, that surely roll. is the feeling of like after a long shift it, it, it was after it had been a long day, and it was very like this is. I was I was very much feeling it, and it was it was just I was quite confused about what was going on, as were the staff that came in to collect food. <laughs> if we're ending our discussion on this, I think I've just been reading the first two lines of the sleeve notes, and I think it sums up quite well. Shall I read it out? Please do. Yeah. Please, okay. please do. It says, imagine, if you will, a foreboding homemade electroacoustic new age synth-driven proto-techno imaginary world music Porter Studio soundtrack for a Polish-made animated fantasy based on a modern Finnish folktale. Created for German and Austrian TV, composed in 1982 by two politically driven post-punk theatre performers from a shared house in Leeds. And that's exactly what it sounds like, isn't it? It is. And also, I think I think a group of politically minded um, post punk musicians would come up with this at three a.m. Like, oh, definitely. This feels like a three a.m. jam with like loads of synthesizers and thumb pianos and what stuff. It, what it actually arguably should it have seen the light of day? Yes. <laughs> but it is one of those things. You like you, you listen to the like the voice memo on your phone afterwards. You're like. What just happened there? <laughs> <laughs> what it reminded me of, which I feel like I have to give a shout out to if we're talking about late night music, is um, on the original Animal Crossing on the GameCube, it had music that changed every hour in, in real time. And so once you got to the early hours of the morning, because it was like a game for children, so you weren't really supposed to be playing the GameCube at three in the morning, like the music kind of got a bit weird and then got very like soothing and go to bed. And the 2am music from the original Animal Crossing is like the single most chaotic piece of music i have ever heard and it's literally there like go to bed and it's very like and weird and i would highly recommend listening to it because i think it has a very similar energy to some of the moomin soundtrack i think we should try and come up with uh the set list for this playlist so try and put the eight songs that we've got in some kind of order that would make sense to listen to in some way i'm not really sure like i guess maybe if you were up at 3am listening to, you know, listening to music and eating cheese on toast. How would you want this track list to go? I think we should end with the elbow. I was just going to say that, yeah. yeah. I think Ezkez would probably be my start. Because if we're coming mm. down, like, to sleep, I think that's the, <laughs> the part where I'm like, we're not stopping. I, I guess maybe if you've made the decision to get out of bed and you're like, right, I'm going to have to have a sleep. I feel like yeah. the death cab for acuity should be just like the second to last just before the elbow one because i yeah. feel like it'd be uh it'd start off up here then slowly come kind of down to bring you back into like kind of a sleep and kind of okay i'm relaxed now i'm gonna go off so if we're kind of going dynamically i would say probably the pat the bunny song and the and the paper kite song should probably go early-ish yes mm. so maybe paper kites could go second after ace curse because 
it's you know it's still got its drums it's still kind of driving but it's yeah. a bit so ask you're at the party paper kites you're driving home yeah. <laughs> and then we can have and then pat uh pat the bunny what are you doing that's, thinking, thinking about death that's when the existentialism <laughs> yeah. yeah still at the party just had sort of taken some bad drugs and just kind of going oh god taking some bad cheese yeah <laughs> so we've got uh fado tropical we've got deeper and we've got the moomins i'm moomins just i feel long anywhere doesn't deeper would the, be the next one so deeper is the fourth after pat the bunny maybe yeah and yeah. then Joyce and then the Moomins. Yeah, I think the Moomins should definitely come in just before that nice ending, just as a little like, oh, you thought it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Death Cab kind of pulls you back from... From the edge of map. Just tipping. <laughs> I was having a nice time over here, and then they, they brought me back over there. Sure. Yeah, cool. <laughs> no, I love the Moomin soundtrack. <laughs> no, it is brilliant. It's so weird, and I'm so glad that it made an appearance. Yeah, God, no, I do. I do have to say a huge thanks for everyone picking like the most eclectic first track list like uh, the, the podcast could have. Such a whistle stop tour through just all of music. I feel, but such a consistent, good like vibe. Yeah. We've done yeah. a good job. I think this would be a good playlist to listen to. Uh, you might you might skip a couple depending on where you're at personally. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like this covers all bases. I think we should try it out. I think we should all get together. And, mm. um, you know, when we're allowed to. We can all sit in our garden. Yeah, we could all sit for distance. And test it out. At 3am. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Thank you thank you so much for being a part of this, guys. This has been... Thanks for having us. Yeah, really wonderful. Thank you, I really hope you enjoyed this first episode of the Pick and Mix Tape. If you want to listen to the playlist in order, it's on our YouTube channel, Pick and Mix Tape Podcast. We're also on Twitter, at Pick and Mix Tape, and Facebook under the same handle. Please feel free to get in touch about what your choice would be for the playlist, or what you thought about the songs we picked. If you enjoyed what we had to say, then you should listen to our music. Luke, that's L-O-U-Q, has just put out a new single called Jeff Goldblum, and you can find her on Spotify as Luke, or Luke Music on Instagram. You should listen to Loris and the Lion, which is Georgia Harris and Rich Bond's band. Their single Mockingbird is on Spotify. And you should listen to mine and Beth Booth's band, Gal Pal. We're also on Spotify. If you live in Liverpool and are looking for guitar lessons, then Dan Emsel teaches at Prelude School of Music. I can highly recommend him. And finally, I've been making a song every three days during lockdown, which you can check out by searching Will Truby on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Next episode's topic will be a song you'd listen to in a getaway, and I'll have an entirely new bunch of people with me. I hope you can join us, and thank you again for listening. Good morning, good day, or good night. <laughs>